everybody. Welcome to the 440 Guitar Podcast. I am your host, Jarrell Powell. Thank you so much for tuning up. You can catch the podcast every Monday on the streaming app of your choice. So if you have Spotify, please be sure to click that follow button. Or if you have Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts, be sure to click subscribe on those to get updated on the episodes for when they release. Uh, you can also get some additional content on our Instagram at the 440 Guitar Podcast, uh, such as previews of the episodes. And lastly, 440GuitarPodcast.com is our website where you can not only find out more information on the origin of the podcast, but you can also support the podcast as well if you wish to do so. Uh, today, I'm very excited. I have a very talented uh, singer and musician uh, on the show here today. Uh, they're uh, working on their uh, current album that is, uh, by, the, by the end of this recording, it should have uh, released by now, The Small Hours. And then uh, the Glide magazine, they describe, uh, they describe this type of sound as a, a blending uh, the kind of uh, jangly, cool guitar and piano that puts Spoon on the map with uh, deadpan, almost spoken word vocal delivery. Uh, I'm happy to speak to Stephen Clare. Stephen, how are you? I'm good, Jarrell. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Just another... Another weekend where it's it's really hot in California. I end up getting a second uh, second air conditioner That's for the good. bedroom as well because the first one in the living room. Just... <laughs> I believe it. <laughs> I believe it. It was yeah. not. Yeah. It was, yeah, it was not cutting it, man. How is how is the weather over where you're at? Yeah, I'm like I'm I'm in the Hudson Valley in upstate New York, like an hour north of the city, and I'm sitting here on the floor, you know, with like <laughs> three point three fans pointed at me. So. <laughs> With no intention of going back outside today. <laughs> oh wow! So needless to say, it's uh, yeah, you can feel my pain here. <laughs> uh, so uh, one of the standard questions I've been asking, just because it's so relevant in these times, is just how people are handling the handling the quarantine situation. I know some people are handling it more uh, better than others. Uh, how is it over your end? How how are you uh, doing uh, during all this? Um, man, you know it's it's. It's a bit of a, it's a, it's a wild ride, you know, mm. for, for so many, um, you know, and wilder for some than others, you know, in that it's, you know, it's got that roller coaster kind of, uh, vibe and that like, you know, you, you can be all right for a while, you know, mm. like, and, and I feel like, you know, overall I've been having a pretty decent pandemic, <laughs> but then every once, but then every once in a while you like hit a wall and you're like, you're, you you wake up feeling lost, yeah. just kind of groping around and in the in the darkness, yeah. um, you know, <laughs> just kind of scratching your head, you know. And the difference uh, between you know upstate or just in living in the Northeast compared to where you are is like mm. I'm just starting to like psychologically like brace myself for the fact that like in a couple of months the days are going to start getting shorter and it's going to be cooler because we've been spending all our time outside, you know? Oh, okay. Um, and that's been a good way to like, um, survive this. Mm. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It's, 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 uh, you know, I can go for long periods of time and almost feel like, like I forget that there's a pandemic going on, Yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. like yeah. If I'm writing songs and playing songs and I do a certain amount of teaching. Mm. Um, or even just all the prep, all everything that goes into putting out a record, you know, like mm. it's easy to, it's easy for me to keep myself occupied because it's what I do. Right. But then every once in a while, every once in a while, it kind of hits you like, uh, this is a, uh, it'd be nice to just hang out with people. Right. <laughs> 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 the way we used to. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, this is the longest uh, version of Groundhog's Day. <laughs> it seems like every day is the same it thing, is. you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I think like back in back in the beginning, in the middle of March, like we the way we talked about it, <laughs> we joke about it now. The way we talked about it in the middle of March was like we're just going to watch, you know, all of these movies and all of those movies and like catch up on this. And we just have to get through it. You know, we just have to make it to like, you know, the end of April. Mm. And then this is all going to be over. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. It's definitely, uh, definitely wild, right? Like you said. Um, so, so on the 440 Guitar Podcast, we're really big on origin stories, how people got to where they are today. Uh, so without further ado, um, tell me about your earliest memories of music. Earliest, uh, you know, as a, as a, as a young kid, you know, you know, five years old, maybe mm-hmm. four or five, six. And there I, uh, um, hung out with my grandfather a lot mm-hmm. who, um, who I really, really looked up to, um, mm-hmm. <laughs> as a little guy. Yeah. And, uh, he would like, he would listen to like, Freddie Fender eight track tapes in the car. And, uh, I have this really distinct memory of him playing like Louis Armstrong and Johnny cash records, you know, in the house. And just the moment I heard Johnny cash's voice, it, it like hit me in the gut, um, to hear that voice. And that sort of, and the, and the, and the sort of clean, concise sound of like, the backing instrumentation, mm. like there was so, it was so approachable for a kid, you know, you know, just clean picked out guitar notes and, and not a whole lot else, you know, mm. um, very stripped down sound. And that just big giant voice, um, landed hard with me. And uh, yeah, that's, that's a really powerful memory. Mm. And then I think, you know, by the time I was like six or seven, I was like playing air guitar and performing for, family members and just really, really had a bee in my bonnet that I was going to play guitar the second, you know, somebody would hand me one. Do you remember uh, what, what Johnny Cash, uh, song, was there a certain song that really, um, Oh, it was definitely like uh ring of fire. Okay. Yeah. Um, and then was your grandfather a musician? Did he have guitars around the house or how did you get acquainted with guitar? Nobody, nobody in my immediate or extended family um was really musical at all that i have any knowledge of yeah. um but it was something i was very very driven and determined to do and I, I got a guitar when i was like 10 and started taking lessons and the, took breaks and then started taking lessons again took breaks started taking lessons again. And it just kept on at it um yeah all the way through my teen years and i was writing songs in middle school uh, okay and yeah. <laughs> I was committed early on. I didn't even know, I didn't know what that meant. Um, you know, but I just really wanted to be playing the guitar and, um, I was equally interested in the guitar and, and songs hmm. and, and, and sort of wordplay hmm. that, uh, turned me on. Yeah. Um, in songs. How's the singing? How's the how's the singing component for you as far as like you know writing songs and then you know trying to figure out like as far as just like your voice and singing it and 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 then like you know you're you're playing and learning guitar for you know more so for the first time uh, at that particular age. Like how was that experience? Oh, you mean when I was young? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Try, try, trying to put all of those pieces together. 
I don't think I, I wasn't, I wasn't, I wasn't singing and playing until I was much older. Um, do you remember that experience where the first time where all those three components put, put together when you first, uh, like played live and, and were singing for the first time? Right. Well, I, I, you know, I have been pigeonholed as a quirky, uh, singer songwriter more than enough. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Uh, especially earlier on. And, uh, you know, I was always kind of wrestling with that and looking for, you know, we look for affirmation and it's, it can be a bit of a lightning bolt, you know, um, when you find it. And, uh, I had this experience, um, you know, cause I wasn't like a, a pretty rock and roll tenor, like <laughs> all the seventies and eighties singers that I was hearing on the FM dial that I was aware of, you know, as a kid, um, that's a really funny thing because for so long I was so compelled by guitar and rock and roll and music. Um, but so much, despite my love for music, I had a lot of trouble finding stuff that I, I wanted to love music that I heard more. Mm. And, uh, you know, because what, I don't know, what was immediately available on, you know, commercial, the, the commercial FM radio that I was aware of in my world, in my, um, was pretty mainstream. And then I had this experience in early in high school, like 10th grade, I'd say, um, a friend of mine took me to see this band that I had not even ever heard of, uh, let alone, uh, heard any of their music hmm. and it was the talking heads mm. <laughs> <laughs> and it uh it, it completely like um like my head exploded um and then and then it was like right in that same moment like 15 i was 15 years old and i discovered that and i discovered all of the music where that was coming from like all the music from the lower east side and i discovered college the college radio station I was like, oh my God, yeah. <laughs> um, this is what I've been looking for. Because you know? um, then there were all kinds of singers. It didn't matter, you know. Um, and then I felt like, oh, okay, I can, I can do my thing and own it. Yeah, um, I'm, I'm a big fan of uh, your singing style. It's really neat. Um, it's really cool. You know, it, it reminds me a lot of. Um, it's funny when I, when I played. I played in. I played a song in the car um, with my wife, and she was like, "Kind of sounds a little like Lenny Kravitz and like a mix of somebody else." And I was like, "Interesting." <laughs> wow, yeah. I have never gotten that before. Really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was like, "Oh wow, it's like a mix of that." And um, are you familiar with the uh, Minus the Bear? That band when they were together. Um, I have. I know that band name. Mm. I don't know. Oh, okay. Yeah, the Minus lead. the Bear. Oh, okay. Where are they from? Uh, Seattle. Northwest. Seattle. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 The, the lead singer, um, uh, he has a little, he has a, a little bit of some of the, the sound, um, from, from your vocals. So I was like, Oh, wow. So just it's kind of putting pieces together of all these, these different artists that, you know, sound a little bit like you, but of course you have, you know, and like, you have an original, uh, uh, take, you know, as far as just, just your, your, your sound in general, it's really dig, man. So very cool. Very cool. Um, Tell me about the writing process, how that is like for you. Cause I know you said you're, you're kind of known as kind of like a quirky, you know, type of have a quirky type of writing style. Do, do songs come pretty easy for you? Like what inspires you to, to write songs? You think? Um, I don't know where to begin only in, to say so much as, uh, how, how, how in love I am with 
songwriting. I am. I'm. I'm. I. I. I just love it. Um, I do it all the time. Um, I'm super invested in it. Um, and I'm always writing songs. And I also also teach songwriting. Mm. And with a lot of success, like it's a really feel feel good experience. Like a, over the years, I've just developed a way of I don't know. You you do something and you're devoted to it and you do it all the time and you're invested in it and hopefully you're getting better. I think I always am, mm. um, for the most part. You know, aside from the stuff I have to throw away. Uh, but uh, uh, I guess you can't help but develop some expertise, and uh, it's it's been really fantastic finding my path because. I have I have a lot of influences from kind of from all over the map and I in in a funny way I kind of want to I want to honor all of that you know um so um I uh <laughs> writing songs for me uh it, it's it's like very much a practice like if it's like going to the gym or something if you if you if you do something regularly the the muscle is like better tones and you know more ready to go and it's easier to it's easier to keep writing than to get yourself started you know uh, um i think and uh i very much you know have always been interested in writing songs i don't know addressing like topical or domestic or um stories or like um half the time it can be like fictionalized stuff that's still like um, like a fictionalized story based on somebody real or, mm. um, yeah. you know, I'm not interested in just writing straight up love songs, um, or heartbreak songs, but that isn't to say that there isn't love and heartbreak in almost all songs, sure. you know, sure. um, just, <laughs> yeah. you know, um, but you know, I just like, I like to dig for root around for like, you know, um, palpable stuff, you know, strong imagery. I'm, I've always written, even when I'm not writing songs, you know, I've written, uh, uh, just poetry or fiction or for the page. I, you know, I definitely think of myself as, as a writer and a songwriter, um, like this batch of songs, you know, on this record, there, it's a pretty broad spectrum of styles, I think, um, that come into play or scenarios or, I definitely like to push myself to try and do new things, you know, um, or, you know, like you take a song on this record, like Marie, you know, it's like, it's an imagining of it. It's, uh, you know, after doing some research on Marie Curie, mm. you know, the physicist, yeah. you know, I decided to write this song about her, um, from her husband's perspective, mm. you know, with a little bit of, a little bit of truth and a bit, a little bit of, you know, my poetic hand, you know, if you will. Um, and other songs come more directly, are more emotionally from the gut. Yes. What's a, um, yeah, Marie, I really like that song. Um, I was, I was just listening to that not too, not too long ago. And, um, yeah, really, really, really good writing in that too. Uh, really good writing throughout the whole album for for the small hours. Um, I, I, you know, to to be honest with you, I I think there's a really interesting. Yeah, thanks. No problem. Yeah, there's a really interesting uh, just uh, approachability on on those different songs. Um, tell me about as far as like the before breaking down like the the each song or just like some of your favorite songs or then maybe one of my favorites. Um, like, was there a 
was there a concept that you had in mind before starting to work on the album? Uh, was there anything that you had in mind that you wanted to approach it a certain way? Um, well, that's, um, it's good to talk about that because this, this has, um, in terms of narrative or what the songs were, no, I mean, and that's the thing I've, that's the thing I'm finally embracing, <laughs> you know, after making a bunch of records over the years and, you know, early on feeling a little bit conflicted or not, I didn't used to know how to make sense out of the fact that like in any given, like, quote unquote, like batch of songs I will have written, uh, you know, I look at a group of songs and I think, oh, I want to go record these songs, you know, and make a, make it into a record. Um, they can be, those groups of songs are a hundred percent of the time pretty disparate. Like they're, it's often like, I mean, my, in very simple terms, like early on with like my first solo record and even, you know, a few after that, I used to um, feel really conflicted about the fact that like there was like stuff that sounded folky and there was this stuff that sounded like punk rock and it was like up against each other, you know? Um, and we used to joke about like feeling like I was too folk for the rock clubs and too rock for the folk clubs. <laughs> and that's kind of, that's kind of sorted itself out over the years for me. Um, but the, but the sheer fact that like when I write songs, because I'm just kind of writing songs as I write them, I don't write like a group of songs with some intention as like this group of songs. Um, other than these are just the songs I wrote in this time period. And I, I really like them <laughs> and I want to bring them to my rhythm section and, you know, work them up. Um, so that being said, with this album, the small hours, I had these songs and you, you know, the range of them. Um, uh, I really, I felt really good about this collection of songs and also really good about this trio I've, we've been performing as um, since the last record came out and I love trios. Um, I love all the room and dynamics and power in a guitar bass drums trio, especially if all three people also sing. Right. Um, and, and because we had played a bunch of shows after, since this last record, we really um, were a pretty um, like singular minded organism. And I really wanted to capture that thing that we had going on in the studio. And so I brought these songs to the, Daria, the bass player, and Aaron, the drummer. And we rehearsed them pretty quickly, you know, and had, I had time booked the beginning of this year to like go in and record the basics. And I, I told them I really wanted them to just play with the kind of abandon that they play in a live show, like play as if you don't think play as if I'm not going to go back and do overdubs, guitar overdubs, you know, mm. just let's, let's fill up the space. Let's own this space as a trio in that environment. And, uh, they did it and they did it really, really well. And it, it's just, it feels really good. And so like, even and all this is to say, like, even though the songs are, you know, varied, you know, as songs, um, I feel like it's this trio with the, all the dynamics of this trio and the playing of the three of us that is like the glue that makes it work. 
um, as a record. And I found that I found that super exciting. Yeah. Yeah, you guys the sound is really great. You know, I, I spent, you know, some time doing some guitar overdubs and there's a few layers of guitars here and there and there's layers of vocals, but at its core this record is like the sound of the three of us. Um and that and 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 there's you know, even though there's a few different guitars I use, there's like a continuity, you know, it's like it's it's those drums, it's his drum kit, him playing those drums, it's her bass, it's you know, her playing the bass and you know, I, I've even though I played a few different guitars, there's like a Fender Telecaster played clean and loud through a pro reverb that's pretty much on the whole record, you know. Um so I feel like there are these anchor sounds, you know. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Is there a story behind the title of the the album, The Small Hours? Um, well, only in that I was trying, I was thinking about the songs after they'd been mixed, um, and I was trying to find that thing that was like, again, like the glue or the cohesive thing that they shared, and I felt like a lot of these are stories. They're songs, or they are sounds, or they're events that kind of take place in the in the middle of the night, you know, like <laughs> kind of. Because um, um, there are these, there are a few, two or three tunes on there that are kind of minor key, almost noir like, you know, and then I don't know that. That that's kind of what I came around to as I as I kept playing with the songs and playing with the order of the songs and thought about the songs and where they lived and you know and there I was sitting there thinking about these songs at two thirty in the morning and I thought wow this is kind of this is the zone where I think these songs all live together it's kind of like long before sun up and long after midnight like somewhere in the middle there. <laughs> <laughs> That's how I arrived there. Nice. Were there any? Uh, were some of your favorite songs to make on the on the album? Mm. Uh, so many. Um, <laughs> uh, uh, a couple of th- a couple of things that we did really well that I'm really excited about um, are the dynamics. The dynamic stuff, like in a song like "Nobody Knows," where it starts out. So simply, you know, um, and then like eight or 12 bars in, there's this like, there's this blast, this like dynamic outburst. Um, and that outburst happens again in, in the second half of every verse. But that's not even the chorus. And the chorus is kind of like more in the middle dynamically. And so this outburst became this, I keep, I started calling it the outburst in rehearsal. (laughs) (laughs) This out, this outburst, this like split second moment where we get really loud, you know? Um, And also I kind of go for the fences vocally, you know, simultaneously, like we just hurl the whole thing off the roof. Nobody knows what you got. Nobody knows what you got dirt on me. I got dirt on you. You got dirt on me. I got dirt on you. Nobody knows what 
that became this moment where we like all of our eyes lit up, you know, in that when we were playing it. Um, and, and that, even though that's not the chorus, that, that dynamic moment is becomes almost like a hook or it does become a hook. Um, and that was really cool to achieve other songs like, um, like, um, Marie, the outro of Marie was, so it's this minor kind of mid tempo arpeggiated thing. And then it kind of becomes very bombastic. The whole band becomes very bombastic in almost like a crazy horse kind of way in the outro. And, uh, that just happened in the studio and that's kind of how things happen when we play live. So that felt really great. Just imagine what she sees. She opens up her arms and gives the world a squeeze. When I tell her how I really feel, she says it's relative. She opens up the curtain, sun comes pouring in. She says that light's been traveling since the dawn of man. She tells me where I'm going is exactly and then on the other end of the spectrum, a song like Fixin' to Fly, which is about a couple of chickens, you know, <laughs> <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's, uh, that is, uh, you know, and that that song and Dorothy, which are right next to each other on the first side of the record, um, you know, they inhabit this other place where there's like jazzier chords. Dorothy is like, the, it's the first bossa nova I've ever written. You know, and then Fixin' to Fly is this song about, you know, a chicken checking out another chicken. <laughs> <laughs> and then, you know, and then they not being very good, you know, they're pretty feeble at flying chickens. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> um, so they decide to make this escape together, like when the wind comes to just lift themselves up to the rooftops. And then they're just basically running around on the rooftops all over town looking down at everybody, you know, and feeling good about themselves. <laughs> so that, that comes back to what I was saying about how I don't necessarily like go out of my way to write love songs, but the, how is that not a love song? I mean, that is a love song. Right. Right. <laughs> 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 Definitely a unique approach. <laughs> <laughs> were you on like a farm when you were writing that song or how did that go about? <laughs> <laughs> well basically somebody challenged me to write a song about chickens really? so I went for it uh, yeah. <laughs> challenge accepted <laughs> no teeth no lips but she's got them egg laying hips and no chance of a kiss romance remains at the top of my list Nice. Uh, one one song that one song that really um, you know that uh, was captivating to me listening to was uh, is this thing on? Can you tell me a little bit about that one? Uh huh. Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah. So that's that's kind of um, it's kind of got that I don't know what you like that rave up punk like post punk pop kind of thing going on. Um, that's so super fun to write and to perform. Um, you know, it's just punchy and, and that's another one where I like, I vocally like kind of go try to sing higher than I'm actually capable of. <laughs> <laughs> this thing on. 
And that song uh, is 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 uh, is about this whole phenomenon that goes on with social media, which I have such mixed feelings about in general. Anyway, um, you know where that sort of Jekyll and Hyde um, thing, um, where people say things on social media that they wouldn't say in real life, and and. You know, it might be better if they slept on it before they said it. Um, and those, those, those same people tend to uh, act like it never happened when you see them in real life. You know? So that's kind of what that's about. But I, you know, I kept it kind of, I kept it kind of cheeky and playful. Um, and I called this character Antoinette. And it was also just fun, fun to rhyme her name. Right. <laughs> Try to find rhymes for her name. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but that's a fun one. Yeah. <laughs> very cool. Very cool. And then um, by the time Miss comes out, the, the album uh, released the 18th, right, of September? Or when is the mm-hmm. release for this mm-hmm. one? Okay. Very yeah, cool. That's it. Very cool. Very awesome. Very awesome. Y'all definitely have to get a, a vinyl. Uh, copy of it if it's available still to get so I definitely yeah. I'll look forward yeah. to that yeah. um, I wanted to ask you you know being quarantined um, at least for myself I've discovered uh, just uh, some really great uh, albums and, and music that's released what have you uh, have you have you discovered any new music during these times uh, yeah uh, <laughs> um, it's not necessarily because of these times. I'm just, uh, I'm always listening. Um, I'm just always listening to music. And, uh, uh, I, uh, and a lot of that has to do with just cause I'm interested. I'm so compelled to, to be listening to music, but I also, there's another added layer in that I, you know, teach. Um, and because I teach, um, songwriting and guitar, um, I, uh, am always digging for, um, I'm kind of always researching stuff too. Cause when I teach song, when I teach guitar, I'm often like learning something because a student asked to learn it. Mm. Um, but when I'm teaching songwriting, that's where I really go deep and down these rabbit holes where I might not have otherwise had not yet done that research um, um, because I, I come up with these, I come up with these assignments and these assignments for my songwriting students who are adults and kids. Um, uh, um, I come up with these songwriting assignments that um, have layers to them. So there'll be like a narrative layer and a musical layer and certain, like I'll give them sets of rules and I'll give them stuff to listen to and or like a reason to how I got to these rules. Um, um, and that seems to be really effective, you know, in helping people write songs. Uh, just if you limit, um, if you limit the options, you know, it's easier, it's easier to get going. Um, um, then it's like you're staring at a blank page. Uh, it's amazing what's out there when you dig. Like, there's the stuff that I discover because of the music that I love, but then there's the stuff that I unearth because I'm um, a teacher, and that can be like 
really, really old stuff, like 19th century stuff that I find on like the Smithsonian website. Mm. Um, <laughs> um, um, but then like, oh, here's something funny. Okay. Have you heard of this guy, Kyle Kraft? Sounds very familiar. I'm not, uh, it sounds very familiar, but that, that's as far as I go, as far as the. Yeah. He, he's on sub pop and like, I just discovered him and I, I'm totally digging his music. Um, and, uh, I guess he came up in like, he grew up in like Louisiana and moved to Austin. And now he's like in the Pacific Northwest. He got onto sub pop. He's made a few records and they're kind of like, it's, well, here's what happened. Like I was looking at myself on Spotify and, uh, <laughs> and it, you know how for any given artist, it says fans of this artist also like, and then it gives you like a bunch of icons for other artists, you know, that people listen to. And this guy was somebody who my fans supposedly listened to. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, who is this guy? And I started listening to him. Uh, so I've really been digging him. Um, uh, nice. And that was kind of a funny way to discover something. <laughs> That's cool. Very nice. I was curious to ask you too, you know, being a, a songwriter and guitar teacher, um, you know, I'm assuming you've been, I mean, you've been doing this well before the quarantine thing happened. And then with this happening, a lot of artists, they kind of, they've almost been forced to kind of figure out how to, how to, uh, you know how, how to make income and a lot of these guitarists yeah, that i've you know time. they never teach you know in their lives end up teaching now does that has that kind right. of been challenging for you to maintain you know like having like your your students and everything or if anything has it just helped um it's actually been it's actually been pretty good thankfully um the songwriting i mean well my you know i have a handful of private guitar students who i see every week and like since quarantine nobody misses a lesson you know because <laughs> people have the time they have the time and i think they like the structure um and they're all like they're all getting better at their instrument you know during this time like the lessons are really totally focused and working well despite you know the fact that it's not in real life um that hasn't really been a hindrance and that these songwriting classes and i'm offering more this fall um these group songwriting classes i do them over zoom and uh, the, one of the amazing, great things about doing it over Zoom is the fact that, like, I can have students from anywhere right? Um, all of a sudden. And, and that's kind of great. You know, this summer I had, and in addition to, like, because there's the people who know me, so there's, like, the students that I had who were local to me here. Um, you know, I also had somebody from, like, the Midwest and somebody from down south in, my, in the same class. That was nice that, you know, um, People are finding it. Yeah, because we, you know, like you said, we're going to figure out how to make it work during this time. I got to I gotta say, I, my, I was charmed by the whole live stream concert thing for like a hot minute. And kind of, I, it, I lost interest pretty quickly, both in watching people perform and performing myself. Because um, there's, there's a funny... I don't know, for me, there's a bit of a disconnect because we've already be, been conditioned to like watch tons and tons of hours of pre-recorded live concerts and performances on YouTube. Like we've already been doing that. So when you see somebody who's quote unquote doing it in real time, eh, you know, it's, 
it's hard to feel like it's very real. Yeah. <laughs> it's hard to, it's hard to have, get that feeling of intimacy out of it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. It's kind of like, you have to take it for what it is. <laughs> right. Right. In fact, I'm trying to do this little, my own little personal gimmick spin on it leading up to the record release. I'm offering these online interactive tiny concerts, teeny tiny, like over zoom, like me and whoever you want to bring on the zoom so that we can interact a little bit, you know, like that's cool. That's talking a good between idea. songs. People can, people can request songs. Yeah. So I just started putting that out there because I would, I would much rather do that just to have some interaction. You know? mm. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so one of the last things I wanted to ask you, you know, as far as, you know, you being a, a, a guitar teacher and a songwriting teacher and then, you know, your live stream stuff, uh, how can people find all uh, any of that if they want to, you know, partake in, you know, reaching out to you in regards to those things? Yeah. Uh, I'd say is a really good way to find everything because that'll, that'll link you out to everything else. Um, yeah. Nice. Um, very awesome, StephenClaire.com. Stephen, Stephen, Stephen with a PH, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Stephen, <laughs> Stephen with a PH. <laughs> yeah. Very cool. Yeah. Well, Stephen Claire, it's been uh, a great honor speaking with you today. Uh, congrats on this this uh, you know th- this uh, this album release. Uh, it's a really great piece of work. Um, so uh, thanks for being Thank on you. the show. I really appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Of course, of course. Well, there you have it, folks. This is Jarrell from the 440 Guitar Podcast. We'll jam again soon, and have a good day.